Ladies and gentlemen, very welcome to the CX Goalkeeper podcast. Today I will have again a really smart discussion together with Stacy. Hi, Stacy. Hi there. Nice to see you. Thank you very much. Um, before I start speaking about your career and what you did, I think it's always better that you explain what you did because um, it's, it's, it's really great to, to understand from your point of view and then you touch based on the most important topics of, of, uh, of your career. Who is Stacy? Yes, so I am, I wear a lot of hats. I am a leader in a global corporation uh, leading customer experience and employee engagement um, at a global company, Schindler Elevator Corporation. And I also do a lot of side passion projects uh, called Doing CX Right. <laughs> and um, that's also really helping other people to apply CX best practices and humanizing their business for so many reasons. Um, and I'm a mom, a wife, uh, I wear a lot of hats, balancing it all. And I think you are doing really very well because we came in, to, in contact through LinkedIn. We are sharing roughly 150 connections that we have the same. And I think we all have the same passion about customer experience. And um, thank you very much for, for being here. Today, the topic, it's really about the human touch of, of customer experience. What do you understand um, with this word, being human, having a human touch, having relations with customers? So a couple things. One is bringing people to the table, humans, as we develop digital experiences and processes. So as we're deploying all these neat technologies, AI and IoT, there's still a human at the end of the day, at the end of the, of the journey. And so what I'm doing is helping to drive transformation, leverage technology to make it easier, a lower level of effort but also remember that there's a human and designing for the human experience. So there's satisfaction and better, better um, engagement with brands, too much frustration out there, time wasted, um, a lot of pain points. And so that's what CX practitioners and strategists like me and you um, focus on because it doesn't have to be that difficult. Let's elaborate a bit, a bit more on this topic. I like it very much also how you phrased that. I think technology is the mean, it's the way we are delivering experience to the customer, but these experiences are really for the customer and based on, on their needs. And you mentioned several times the word humanity. Uh, how is it possible for a company to integrate this value, for me it's a value, uh, this value in the business? Well, it starts on the inside. So your employees, I've been in organizations where I've not felt valued, 
I had not had a seat at the table where decisions were made yet deserved to based on the projects and initiatives that I was very tied to. I've been in places where I've seen um, diversity, inclusion, uh, not applied and, 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 and just the opposite. So that's where I say do the, the basics first, because when you have employees who feel cared for and that their views matter and they're part of the experience, they're going to deliver a better experience and excellence for the customer. It just goes hand in hand. Yes, uh, I think this you are mentioning something that that's it's ex extremely important from my point of view. I phrase it like like that that we are not in in B two C or B two B business to consumer or business to business, but we are in human to human. And you mentioned one topic that for me and uh, it's 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 really relevant. It's it's about inclusion and diversity. And there I'm not speaking about and always I don't want to be unpolite to have more women at the table or to have more women in the decisions room. When we are speaking about diversity and inclusion is also the diversity of what people are thinking, getting some the different cultural flavors from, from, the, from the different people, culture, human. And, uh, and what, what's your view on that? And um, let's start with that. What's your view on that? Uh, clarify the question for me. Say that again. Um, you, um, for me, it's it's really about inclusion and, and getting diversity. If you want to really create immersive experiences, to have a, a diversity of views when you are running a business, then it's important to drive also this topic. We are also seeing international, but also in Switzerland, that we are always getting more people responsible to drive forward um, diversity and inclusion. And my question is, what is your understanding under this topic? Yes, so it requires a top-down um, leadership and bottoms up, both, right? Not one person owns diversity and inclusion. Not one person owns the customer experience. Everybody has that job and that responsibility. So the top leadership can hire the right people, integrate it into HR best practices, um, have the leaders across the business make sure that it's on the agenda, that, they're, that there's that empathy and, and, and it's not checking a box. It's part of daily conversation and, and gratitude and appreciation of their people especially when customers are mentioning employees by name. We, we have that so often in our customer surveys and social media feedback and ratings and reviews where employees are mentioned, like they did really well at, at, at serving the customer. Well, that's an opportunity to take that, that wonderful human being who, who did the right thing, even when their boss wasn't looking, and bring that to the forefront, bring that to the conversations, and, and everybody owns that. So it's training, it's team champions at the top, at the, low, at the working level, 
and it's measurement over time to benchmark where the company is and where the improvements can be made. Uh, on um, perhaps uh, to deep dive a bit on, on, on your answer that I really like, could you please explain also with uh, why is so important to drive this topic forward? Because it's human nature when we feel valued and appreciated, when, when we feel that as humans, we pay it forward. There's no science behind it. It's just human behavior. And, and so that's where not only is it a nice thing to do in companies to really cherish your employees and build them and coach them and help them succeed as people, as individuals, as a family, as a, as a business and as a family. But again, it, they will naturally, organically, authentically do what's right for others. And the others is, is also the customer who pays for them to be in the company. So it's all interconnected. And I think I can use and leverage um, one example to elaborate what, what you said. I have one, one good colleague that is working for a big corporate. I'm not going to mention the name of the company. And he is always saying, I feel like a number that uh, I am number one, two, three. And if they need me, then I am here. If they don't need me, they will fire me. And, and I think this is the key of what, what um, and the essential point of what, what you are saying, that we are humans, we have feelings, and therefore we need us to be treated like humans. And exactly the same is on, on the customer side. If I have an interaction with the customer, it's not about a transaction or an account number or an ID, but it's in this case is Stacy in that is interacting with me. Yeah, and I want to say one more thing. Um, sorry to, to interrupt, but you said something really good, which is um, feelings. And, and so part of humanizing business is when we're talking to customers and getting feedback, whether it's to inform product development, market messaging, pricing strategies, uh, etc. Asking customers, not just NPS, not just would you recommend, but it's really getting to the sentiments and really getting to the feelings behind that. And that's a CX best practice that isn't hard to do. You just need a team rallied behind that. Uh -huh. I fully agree and, and I can share that you cannot reduce the, the relationship with the customer only with the number. If it's zero, is it one or is it 10? It's not about the number, but it's about the interaction and what was really feeling the customer. And I think also Fred Reichelt is, is mentioning that uh, only putting everything on increasing this number, it's, it's not the target and it was not the idea of the net promoter score, but the, really, the idea really behind this topic was to get an understanding from the customer if they would recommend them a company, why? And if they wouldn't recommend the company, why? And trying to find, find a way 
in order to get this recommendation. And, and I think this, this is key. What are, from your point of view, um, other relevant KPIs that, uh, that we should measure, we can measure in, an, in the interaction with the customers? Yes, so obviously NPS, Net Promoter Score, is the most commonly used, and I'm a fan of it. Um, but to get dig deeper into the why, I also highly, highly recommend level of effort, LOE. Because if it is really difficult to get help, for example, I mean, you could go through the whole customer journey, but if it's really difficult to buy and pay your bill and get help when you need it, the customer is not going to stay. And even worse, they're going to tell others. So level of effort must be incorporated into your measurements, along with the common CSAT sentiments um, and your other data metrics about buying behavior and website, where they go, where they abandon. I mean, that's all very valuable, even unstructured data like social media and review sites. Um, so there's a whole method, many ways you can get feedback. But to your question, I highly recommend adding level of effort as it tells you so much to be able to fix pain points. And uh, you are getting to one of my preferred books, The Effortless Experience. And uh, um, Matt Dixon is not speaking about level of effort, but he's speaking about the customer effort score. I think this, this is a similar, similar measurement. And we are already touching the two main points. One is creating effortless experiences or reducing uh, the issues that the customer have in an, in an interaction, reducing the effort, but on the other side, also to move customer emotions because you, have the, you can have the most uh, effortless uh, process in place, but if you have no emotion, no human touch, no human feeling, you can quickly grow through, but the next time you don't remember, okay, I, I could do that. Um, therefore, I, I think it's, it's, I fully agree. Now, um, I, what I saw also on your LinkedIn profile, and it's a question that I really would love to ask you, is how do you create engaged, loyal, committed employees? So a couple ways. One is, as I mentioned previously, that you get customer feedback and you give it to that information. It's like gold. You give it to the people that can use it to make business decisions and you have to close the loop. So there's a information exchange and communication of what the customer says giving it to the right people and the right people doing something about it and then letting the customer know what you did from their feedback. So the customer will want to give you more feedback. The employee will want more information because it's they're able to make decisions not based on gut, you know, and, and thinking, but it's real. Um, so that's one. Two, is, as I mentioned, about celebrating employees when they're doing really good customer-centric um, activities and communication. So taking time to acknowledge that drives more of that. It's also tying their incentives to customer metrics. 
Now, there's a lot of debate on that, which we could spend a whole nother hour on. <laughs> but I have been in organizations where I was the only one with the executives who had customer satisfaction and other metrics tied to their pay. And I've been in organizations where everybody owns the number and it and you shouldn't have to be paid to do the right thing. But unfortunately, that is what I learned in the process that you that people behave based on what they're compensated in the workplace. It's just a reality, whether I like it or not. So that also drives the engagement. Um, but you certainly have your superstars that would have done it anyway and go up and beyond because they want to service their customers. So I can go on and on, um, but those are just some examples. And I think these are great examples and, uh, and they are also linked to my next question. What you are describing is everything is part of a um, culture, a company culture. And um, let's say we have the culture of 2019 before COVID, and now with the shift in direction to working from home, a new setup, having much more interaction via video, digital interaction, we are going through a shift. Uh, what, what's your view? And basically, I rephrase also my question in, in this direction. On one side, what are the, the good things that we can leverage after, uh, after this COVID crisis? And what are the, let's say, the bad thing or thing that we should improve in future if you are working in a more digital world? So I believe that this whole experience, human experience that we, I mean, look, you're in Switzerland, right? I'm in, I'm in America. We're going through the same experience at the same time. I mean, that is so powerful. And so we need to remember that it reinforces that we're all going through the same thing. Empathy is really what drives relationships and nurtures relationships, which should never go away. We, we must continue empathy and listening, listening for the point of listening, not listening for the point of responding something. Uh, responding and in, 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 I think that that's an opportunity and that has improved, um, including video communication. I don't think people turned on their camera half as much as they do now. And I think that that does bring the human connection and we should not lose that whether we're in an office or virtual. That's been really good. I think this, this is a great answer. And uh, also my last comment on, on your answer. We are also shifting from the mindset of presence management. I see that you are here and therefore you are working to results management because yes, we have the interactions, but at the end, based on the fact we are working remote, I see you a bit less and therefore I see what are the results. And, and, and this, is, this is the key. Yeah, and, and there's one other thing. Um, the fact I think before COVID, certainly years back, if somebody you know walked in the room or you, hit, you hear a child crying or a dog barking, I believe in the past, you'd feel like judged or worried. And now 
what's wonderful is we've let each other get to know our personal sides more. And I think that that is so, that's a blessing out of a bad situation that, that must not go away because we need to know each other holistically and authentically. And that COVID and video conferencing has brought that. I, I fully agree. And perhaps a bit about storytelling. I was speaking with our head of IT and executive board member. My son was at home and he opened the door. He came here where I was working. I was speaking with him and he asked me looking, may I play with my harmonica? And I said, yes, but please go out again. And I think he was also laughing and he said, okay, don't, don't, don't tell him to go away, but I want to tell him hello and hear something and, uh, and listen to him. And it was, it was really a nice moment where you can really empathize with other people. And he reacted extremely well. My son was happy, I was happy and safe. And, uh, and the head of IT was also, was also happy. Yeah, but look what happens when you know, your team and boss and everybody you work with, if they're understanding and empathetic and, and then you could be less stressed and show up and, and you care more, you do more because you appreciate that you can be you and, and natural, it, it shows up in your work. It, it just happens. I, I fully agree and thank you thank you very much for, for, for this discussion. What we would I would love to, to discuss with you and, and I'm also too keen to get some hints from your side. It's um, let's speak about Stacy and we want to learn a bit more about you. And my preferred topic is life work balance, not work life balance, but life work balance. And you mentioned at the beginning uh, you are working for a big corporate. You are your own business, you are a mother, you are a wife. When are you going to sleep? Do you have time to sleep? <laughs> yes. Um, and add in there, I also care about being a really good friend too. So multiple roles. Um, so, and pretty funny, we just talked about pets because my dog's trying to get outside my door. <laughs> so if you hear knocking, that's what it is. Um, Yes, balancing is everything. And I hope to inspire people that you can do it all. It, it requires being very intentional with how you use your time, being intentional with what's your end game, what's your why, uh, as my, one of my favorite authors, Simon Sinek, talks about what, you know, what's your why, and then living your life that matches that. And when you have that very defined you can live your professional and your personal life that, that supports that. And for me, um, I was a digital marketer. I was in sales and I fell into customer experience. And I love it because it does allow me to help drive more of what I believe in and my values as a person. And so that's why I do it by day, by night. Um, and I do sleep because when I go to bed, my head, head hits the pillow and I'm like out like quickly. So I sleep very well. 
I think this is also extremely important to get time to rest, to get new ideas, and, and therefore it's key. Normally, my next question is about your preferred book, but you mentioned already it's a Start With Why from Simon Sinek. And what I would like also to mention is uh, that you are also a writer. You wrote a chapter of the Customer Experience 2 book. It's, it's a really a great chapter, and therefore I will skip these questions. However, um, if uh, somebody from the audience would like to come into in contact with you, what's the best way to, to contact you? So um, through my website, uh, doingcxright.com, doing and you'll see uh, my blog articles, you'll see um, podcasts and the book and resources to really help you increase your skills in CX and transform your brand. And uh, you also did some fabulous uh, podcasts, only to mention some of them uh, with Shep Iken, uh, with Mary Dremont, and therefore you are really active in, in the community. And I am also really thankful that you um, joined this uh, CX Goalkeeper. The very last question is um, the question I ask to, to everybody is, could you please leave to the audience your last gold nugget? It's something that you already mentioned or something new. What's the gold nugget for the, for the audience? I would say it's make sure you're not just talking about customer experience, not just talking about humanizing business, but really doing it. Talking is, is, is nothing. It's doing it. And while you're doing it, lead with a heart. Thank you very much, much Stacey. It was a great answer. And as usual, I'm not commenting your gold, gold nuggets because this is your gold nuggets. It was really great. Thank you, Stacey, for being here with me. Thank you. And also thank you to the audience. It was great to, to, to have you meet with me for this Mars discussion. I hope that you enjoyed it because it was really a great discussion. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Arrivederci.